Hey, hey, and welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we have got a lot to talk about going on in the Big Ten. Saturday was a bit of a snoozer day, but Sunday has given us a lot of interesting games to talk about between the Purdue and Wisconsin game, the Illinois and Nebraska game that just ended. We're going to have a lot of discussion there. We're going to talk about Michigan State and Maryland. We're also going to talk about Northwestern and Minnesota and IU losing by 14, two touchdowns for you football fans out there to Penn State at home. I'm sure our guys will have a lot to talk, talk about it. We have Kent, Casual Big Ten, back with us again on Sunday night. Uh, you can catch Kent over on the YouTube channel, podcast, social media, uh, all that good stuff. And then special guest Ryan Hammer tonight uh, is going to be joining us. Ryan is all over social media. I love following his content. Ryan, do you have, I, do you have a podcast or anything like that? No, I see everyone always asks me, maybe I should have something to reference to, but no, just, just my profiles right now. Very good. Yeah. So like I said, all over social media, Ryan does a great work and I really appreciate his content. So I appreciate that. If you are listening on podcasts, please do give us a subscribe and a follow over there. If you uh, could give us a rating and review, we appreciate that. If you're listening on YouTube, please do give us a like comment below uh, to let us know what you think of what we're discussing and also get in the chat. Let us know if you have thoughts. We'd like to highlight what you guys are talking about, what you guys think as well as what we're talking about. But, uh, Without further ado, let's just get right into it, guys. All right, we have our very first game here. Purdue goes into Wisconsin and wins this one 75-69. It was a big game. Many were highly anticipating it, so much so we previewed it like five days before the game, even before the Nebraska game, which, you know, Wisconsin fell to, so won't bring that back up, Wisconsin. That's okay. We know you're not too too happy about that one, but uh, I'll let our guest Ryan have the floor first. Ryan, what were your thoughts on the Purdue win over Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of went how I anticipated it to go. Um, it's funny, like I, all I think, all I think about it all day after the game was on Twitter, like Purdue fans were more mad than anyone else about the foul calls and the refs stuff like that. I'm like, y'all get still got the calls, y'all still won the game. Um, I kind of understand a little bit of it, but uh, I hate that that is always a takeaway from the Purdue games, but that's just kind of the world we're living in at this point. Uh, but it was good, like you knew the game was going to be one of those classic Big Ten dog fights with more quality than we see in maybe like the Maryland Michigan state game, which we'll get to obviously, but um, it, it was, it was how I exactly how I anticipated it to go. It was close the entire time. Wisconsin stayed true to it. I thought AJ store would give me a little more in the second half, of course, but uh, kind of is what it is. And I did not expect the balance that Purdue gave. Obviously we don't really see that super often at least. So, yeah, it was definitely a good game prior to Purdue, and I think one of Purdue's better defensive efforts of the season, especially for knowing Wisconsin, you might look at 69 points and think, oh, is that a good defensive effort? Well, who gets Wisconsin, who can score 80, uh, sometimes high 70 points up there? Yeah, that's a pretty good defensive performance from them. Kent, what were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, uh, about the officials, uh, first off, I was thinking about going back and watching this game and doing a full breakdown on Twitter of every single call that I thought was a call and what wasn't a call. None of your guests have ever done that before, right, JR? I don't think so, no. Okay, okay, I was just making sure. I'm going to do that tonight, so you guys be on the lookout for that on my channel. Okay. No, um, in all seriousness, no, we talked about this last week um, when I was on on Wednesday that I thought if Wisconsin split with Purdue that they still had a chance to win the regular season championship. And uh, now that they've lost this one, I'm fully off that because I wasn't anticipating anticipating them losing to Nebraska as well. So with that back-to-back, I think it's kind of out of reach for them with them still having to finish the season at Purdue still. So 
Um, I think that that's kind of a lost hope for them now after this game. This was a huge game for that. So to me, I think the Big Ten championship regular season is over. And that took place today when Purdue won. Now, had Wisconsin won this game, there was still a shot for that to be kind of a battle. But that's that's all over now. But um, yeah, just like a really rough week for them. Like I said, overtime lost in Nebraska and then this game today. But uh, as far as Purdue, man, I just can't say enough good things about Lance Jones. I love him. I think he just does so much for their team. I've talked about him a lot before, but not only his scoring, but his he can rebound. He can um, get those loose balls for you, and he's been pretty good defensively as well. So loving what Lance Jones is doing, and then it's just the same old guys uh, every game for them. It's Zach Eady and then uh, Braden Smith, which I know people think I don't like Braden Smith. I do. We played a game a few weeks back where we had to switch somebody from Michigan to Purdue's team, and I said that I'd switch Doug and Braden, and uh, people got pretty upset with me. But, um, you know, I like Braden Smith. I think he's a good basketball player, but uh, yeah, good game for uh, this was huge for Purdue. Like I said, I think it's the Big Ten championship today, and um, I think it's over now. I do, I, I am still excited about the rematch or rematches because I still think there's a good chance that not only are they going to finish the season playing against each other, but they might play in the Big Ten championship too, which would be amazing. It'd be great to see this game three times this year. I would love to see that. Yeah, I can already hear the Illinois fans yelling at you saying that Purdue uh, has has it over with and that it's done because Purdue still travels to Illinois, right? I think they go. Yeah, okay. They still go there. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I agree. I think Purdue has this locked up unless they have some kind of downward spiral or something like that uh, where Zach Eady just starts getting in foul trouble in games and teams are able to capitalize on that. But even that I don't think is a guarantee that a team is going to be able to capitalize on that. I was surprised from the Wisconsin fan base reaction that I was seeing on Twitter. I kind of felt like Ryan did where I was looking and I was like, man, AJ Storr's not doing enough in the mm-hmm. second half here. He's not that score. He's not that playmaker that you really have seen AJ Storr to be. Uh, now, I think, you know, like I said, Purdue was playing good defense on him and they had some good answers in the second half. Uh, but a lot of the Wisconsin fans were, they were coming at my guy Chucky. All right. They were coming for Chucky and saying he wasn't doing enough. He wasn't shooting enough or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I, it was kind of mixed criticism all around. Ryan, did you have any thoughts on more thoughts on AJ or thoughts on Chucky at all? Yeah, I mean, AJ, like, he he's a score-first kind of player. Like, he's the most talented player, I guess, on the floor, really on both teams, honestly, and that's majority of Big Ten games, maybe every game. So he's going to have those nights. It's like any basketball player that you've seen as a wing scorer where they're going to shoot 20% from the field every now and then, but you got to keep shooting. you got to try to work through it, especially when you're losing. So it kind of just is what it is. It was on the wrong night. They played against a good defensive team. Uh, Chucky's my guy, too. I was out there... I came to math. I was out there like a week and a half ago with Chucky doing some stuff. Um, super great dude. I understand why people want more from him because he is their leader on and off the floor. He's their point. He has the ball in his hands all the time. Um, but his role isn't to score 20 points a game or try to score 20. I know that's frustrating to hear maybe, but I didn't think he played awful. He does so many little things on the floor that keeps them in games like this uh, in terms of steals and assists and playmaking and stuff like that. And just gritty defending against Braden Smith on like the pick and roll and getting around Zach Eady, even though he's half the size of him uh, to try to defend Braden when he gets into that lane. But um, I get it. I kind of get it. You want more, but it's it's not his role and he's not going to give you 25 every single night. And that's why I think a guy like AJ store is there. Um, but I thought Chucky was still pretty good for the most part. Like I don't think he turned the ball over at all in the entire game and he still had a few assists and did what he was supposed to do. So 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Tyler Wall and AJ Store. I mean, and Max Klesman, those are really those guys that you need to lean on for the scoring. To me, Chucky Hepburn brings that good, strong defense. You know, he's kind of annoying in the in the passing lanes. And what was it? Uh, Nebraska just two nights ago. He had like two steals in a row, back to back in possessions and was able to go down and get um, get buckets that way. So um, I don't know. I don't get the Chucky hate personally after this game. I, I get you want a little bit more from him. Um, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, Kit, we saw Zach Eady struggle a little bit early in this one. He, he was not doing kind of his normal stuff. In fact, he wasn't even the leading scorer in this one. Lance Jones was the leading scorer uh, at all. So I'm not going to ask if you have any concerns about Zach Eady, but I did feel like Wisconsin hit in some areas here that was able to not take down Zach Eady, but minimize him more than I have seen other teams do so, uh, especially with him on the defensive end with what Wisconsin was doing. Um, Kit, do you have any concerns going forward about what Wisconsin was able to do to Zach Eady and if other teams are going to be able to figure that out too? I don't I don't have concerns about it. Be- and I, if you're a Purdue fan, I don't think you should be concerned either because it's happened a few times this year. I remember I came on the night after the uh, time that they played Michigan and I thought Michigan did one of the best jobs actually guarding Zach, but it doesn't matter because there's so many other guys that can score for that team that even if he gets shut down like completely, uh, Purdue's just got too many dudes that can um, you know pick up where he's leaving some slack, I guess if you would call it. But he's he is still very difficult to guard. He's still a guy that you know when coaches are prepping for this game, they have to put in a ton of scout work on what they're going to do and game plan around him no matter what and even if you do game plan around him and you can shut him down like I said there's just too many other guys so um, I'm not concerned for the team in general I guess if you're concerned about his points per game or something like that that might be um, there might be some tape out there now that has shown that there's ways to neutralize him but um, yeah I'm not concerned for Purdue I was gonna go back to the Chucky thing too Uh, for Wisconsin fans I'm confused like why you are mad now about this like this is He's played like the same his whole career. Like nothing's really changed. There's no reason to be like up in arms after this game. Like how come he didn't score more? Like that's this, he did exactly what he's always done for them. And it's worked out pretty good for Wisconsin so far. So I don't know why you'd be mad about it now. Yeah, I mean, I think he was less efficient in this one. He was one for six and 0 for one from three point. Uh, but then again, he was also four for four from the free throw line. So, um, you know, but I think he also did what you kind of expect a guy to do when he's shooting and he's not hitting shots, you know, kind of is what it is. And he moved on from there and he still had two steals in this one. Um, what three fouls, which is, isn't awful or anything. So, um, I don't know. Uh, what what fans are thinking so much about it? Because I'm kind of with you, Kent, where it's like it's kind of what he's done all season. Sure, he's a little bit less efficient, but it is what it is. Um, last question on this game, Ryan, before we uh, move on from the next one. Wisconsin, two losses in a row. One at Nebraska, one of the hardest places to play in the Big Ten this year, and one uh, at home to, to Purdue. Are you having any concerns about Wisconsin going forward here? No, no, no more than like they played the way they're supposed to play. And that's kind of just like the Big Ten scheduling. It just kind of is what it is. And like, yeah, you want to win that game at Nebraska. And of course, you want to win every game at home because they're a top 10 team in the country. Um, it it hurts probably in the short term, but give it a week if when they win another game or two next week and some of that. And they'll be fine. And they'll completely forget about this. Uh, it doesn't really set them back especially with a lot of other top 10 and 15 teams losing this week where they won't dip in rankings too much if people really care about that that much. 
um, which I know fans definitely, definitely care about that for whatever reason. If one, two spots difference there are, oh, we should be 12 instead of 13 or whatever. Um, but it, it's not much a worry. They haven't there. There's no major red flags in these two losses, right? Like they played most for the most part in into the game situation and what they had to. And it kind of just fell, didn't fall their way. So they should be fine. I wouldn't be worried too much. Yeah. What do you think, Kent? Yeah, I'm right with him. I think that they've shown enough this year that um, they're a strong team, and I'm not. I'm not concerned about either one of these losses. Like you said, Nebraska's a tough place to play in. By the way, they were up by a lot at during yeah, that yeah. game, so like they were playing pretty well. Uh, you know, most of that game. I will say, and I don't. I know we're not going back to that game. That was the first time, as far as concerns, that Nebraska game was the first time I saw them like look shook for a minute. Like they looked like they were not doing what they normally do and they looked kind of out of sorts but uh besides that I've never seen that happen before if they can shake that off um I think they'll be fine they're fine yeah Jeff letting us know here Ken Palm has Illinois losing three more and Wisconsin losing only Hmm. one more that's what I was going to do next real fast before we move on is kind of go through the schedule I mean at Michigan next that's a win right um at Rutgers this is Wisconsin schedule or Purdue uh, Wisconsin's okay mm. at Michigan at Rutgers. I say those are both wins. Whoa, whoa! I'm from Jersey. I hear we we defend the rack with our heart. Okay, I'm not a <laughs> Rutgers fan, but it's a tough place to play. I will. I'll, I'll give them that. Come on. <laughs> I, I we have been uh, called a Rutgers podcast in football, so I, I feel like I have to bring that over a little bit in basketball. I'm all for Rutgers. I th- I don't really think this is their year, just because unfortunately the uh, the stuff going on with losing players, but. Man, if I was a Rutgers fan, I'd be so hyped to be getting the two guys coming in. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? Harper and uh, Dylan and Ace. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan. And, yeah, uh, bringing them in. So, so I mean, no disrespect, Rutgers fans. <laughs> That's fine. I'm very much for you next year, but uh, Ohio State lost. Everybody's going to beat Ohio State for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> that's <are> my thoughts <laughs> on Ohio State. Um, at Iowa, win right. I mean, we're going to call that a win. Maryland, Ryan, what do you think? Home against Maryland? Home against Maryland, they'll win that game, yeah. Yeah. At Indiana, I don't think Indiana's all that good. We'll talk about them later. Home against Illinois, home against Rutgers, and then at Purdue. I I like, feel like Ken Palm probably has that one loss against Purdue, and that's probably it, don't you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably like they it's the Big Ten though, also. I think Ken Palm also has everybody within the within the top one hundred, even Michigan Rutgers, or maybe really close, like just outside top one hundred. So the bottom of the league is so tough for like we see it every year the big 10 they just beat down on each other and yeah it's good for your quad one games for your strength of schedule to get extra teams in the tournament but it just kind of like demoralizes you and you play styles that you you aren't going to be playing every single game in march because teams don't play like this and it kind of that's why the big 10 has struggled so much in march in the last few years um so like they might lose two or three games the rest of the way and it's still going to be a very very good end of the season for them because that's just the nature of the big 10 like if they lost at Rutgers. Illinois and Purdue and won every other game, like they're fine. They're going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I could see one, one more loss in there or something. Illinois will probably give them a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. The big 10 is tough and uh, you can never count a full win um, or fully count it on a win uh, in these games. So, all right, good stuff there. Let's move on. To the next one, speaking of Nebraska, Illinois wins in overtime over Nebraska. I was really upset, guys. We would have had five days of overtimes in a row if Ohio State wouldn't have, you know, double dribbled, 
in that one. But it's why they do that? Because they're dumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> just making I sure. Know. I don't <laughs> there's a reason why I started leaving Ohio State off of the uh list of games we talk about because it just turns into me crapping on them the whole time because I don't really like my team this year, but it is what it is. So um let's move on to like I said, Nebraska and Illinois. Uh Illinois comes through clutch here in the end. They had a 10 point lead late and then Nebraska made the comeback and there was that questionable foul call toward the end of regulation that um who was it? Was it Domask uh that that got the foul called on him and he was able to hit the free throw, miss the second one. Uh so they went to overtime. Kent, we'll get your thoughts on this game first. What you think? Yeah, I joked about it on Twitter this morning when I was putting out the like what games are happening today tweet that, uh, you know, obviously with the other game that was taking place today, I said that this could be the game of the year, Illinois and Nebraska. And you know what? It actually turned into a very entertaining game. I I love this game. That was fun to watch, Um, you know, just throwing punches back and forth. There was a couple of moments like at the end, though, you talked about that foul already, but there was a spot, uh, I think there was about 17 seconds left. I can't remember exactly because it just happened. But Juwan Gary had a chance to get an and one. And they were down two at the time. And it just rolled. It barely like missed. It hit the uh, heel of the rim and then came out. But if he hits that and one, they could have won that in regulation. And then uh, there was just some weird turnovers by Illinois with like 30 seconds left. But overtime was awesome. Um, like I said, they were just going back and forth. And then... Um, the very end of overtime, Nebraska still had a chance to tie it one more time. They had the ball, and uh, Tominaga threw it to Mast. And it was going to be a deep three, but he tried to – I thought – I'm not going to be too critical of Mast because he's been so good this year, and he was even good in this game. But I thought he should have pulled that right when he got it because he had uh, Shannon Jr. closing out on him, and he ended up stealing the ball right out of his hands, and that was the game. So – um, I would have liked to see him at least get that shot up, a chance to tie it one more time in overtime. But, uh, you know, this is a great game. And it's nice because uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, at least, to even though you lost this game, it's nice to see them show up on the road because they haven't done that yet, hardly at all this year. Um, so you see a Nebraska team maybe turning the corner. Maybe they can uh, pick up a few road wins uh, down the stretch here. If you talk to uh, some of their fans or guys that are watching a lot of their games, um, they need a road win to to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, um, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true because I'm not a bracketologist, but um, yeah, I think that they can get some. Now that I've seen this, I'm a little bit more convinced that they can actually go on the road and win one. But this is a good win for Illinois too, though. You got to give them credit. Um, expected to win this game, expected to win it by a little bit more, but um, you know, Nebraska came in fighting and they got the win uh, at the end of the day, so that's what they needed. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Illinois was going to win by a little bit more. Like I said, they were up by 10, you know, getting to near the end of the game, and Nebraska was able to make a comeback. And And I agree, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'd love to see that, you know, on the road and making a comeback like that late late in the game and being resilient to do that. i love to see that. Hate the result of the game, obviously, but it would give me hope for uh, playing some road games in the future. Ryan, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, for Nebraska, you guys, you hit it. Like, that's a tough game. You don't expect to win. You got to take more positive than negative away, away from that. I, I got to imagine at least um, the road win thing is true. It's not like the committee is going to look at it and be like, they have zero road wins. They can't be in the tournament. That's like, it's not black and white, but teams like Rutgers, I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago when they missed the tournament. I think it was last year. They just missed a the tournament. They were so good at home and so bad on the road. 
and it basically ruins their strength of record. It ruins everything. It ruins their Kenpom rating. Um, so it basically like deter- determines their metrics, metric ranks. And Nebraska in the, in the tournament as of right now, they're like quote unquote on the bubble, but they're on the right side of the bubble. Um, they will have to win a couple of big games like that. This was not a game that you needed to win by any means. I think they did their job for the most part. Like it kind of sucks the way it fell out. Um, the shot making was incredible too. Like we know they can shoot. They shot on the what they shot from three. I have it up here somewhere. They shot 43% from three. We've seen them do that time and time again. Like Casey Tomonaga and Rank Mast, they can let that thing fly. And it felt like they were just like there for the moment. And like when you think about the NCAA tournament, those games were like, say they're like an eight or nine seed, which is like very, very attainable, very likely for them. When they play a one seed in the second round, like they can get into the heat of momentum and in those moments and hit those big shots. And like they might not win those games. I'm not sure. But those are the little things like the the non-metric and non-statistical things that like you want to see. Um, and also having Juwan Gary and their whole entire team healthy, what, what it feels like now, they're able to defend a little more athletically, which is good because I had that worry against a team like Illinois was bigger and like a bunch of athletes and they're like NBA talented guys like Terrence Shannon. Um, but they, they played really well against that and it came out to Illinois. Ha- Illinois has more talent. Like maybe it's only by a little bit, maybe it's a lot, but Illinois has those athletes and that talent and that shot making was on their end also. Cause like Terrence Shannon hit a couple of big ones at the end of regulation. Like, that's just kind of is what it is. Illinois is a good team, so yeah. I mean, if you're going to get shot making like like this from Kasai Tomonaga, like you can beat any team out there for real. I mean, what fourteen for twenty one, and then five from seven from three point land, like that's just amazing. And you and if I told you he did that on the road, like nobody would believe me. You would think, oh, he did that at home. No, he's actually struggled the past few games uh, that they've been at home, and this is, I think, his first thirty point game of the season this year. So uh, he could be coming into his own a little bit more and kind of brushing off some of those shooting woes that he's had lately. And uh, if he starts playing like this more consistently, then Nebraska is going to be very, very formidable. And I think some fans would look at this and say, Oh, you know, we only beat Nebraska by three on the road. Um, If they, maybe they didn't watch the game and some of the, thoughts that Illinois fans have had lately of we're struggling with Terrence Shannon Jr. coming back and, you know, we're not quite looking like ourselves. I felt like this is the best Illinois has looked in a couple of weeks, uh, probably ever since Terrence Shannon Jr. came back. Uh, and I think it's be very encouraging that you saw your team falter a little bit, lose some of their lead, and then come back, win the game, even against really good shooting. Uh, Ryan, I, I just overall, your thoughts on Illinois struggling with Terrence Shan Jr. coming back, and did they look better in this one to you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that for the most part. Uh, I'm not worried because like it's not like he's brand new to the program and team, which I think helps a lot, where he's been there and a lot of the guys have been there for the most part. Um, so I'm not really worried to be worried at all. And uh, I mean worried in that sense at least there are other things like i don't know how illinois fans exactly feel about their feeling this year and can they win a big 10 title in the tournament can they go to a final four and compete for national title like, i don't know if i see that upside um but they're a top what 10 they're 14 right now they're a top 15 team in the country they basically have been all season long so you would think that if you're top 15 all year you're contending for a national title i just don't know if they have the makeup to do that outside of the on paper talent which even then i don't know if it's there so yeah, it's an interesting thought. Kent, uh, I'm curious your thoughts on the ceiling of Illinois this season with Terrence Sharon Jr. playing better and stuff. We're looking at Elite Eight. We're looking at Final Four. Or is that asking too much? Maybe Sweet 16 is probably the ceiling. What do you think, Kent? I think uh, I think they could go to the Final Four. I do. I think they're that good. And it, really, it's not just because of their scoring and the guys that they have that you know can put the ball in the rim. I think it's their defense. You know, Coleman Hawkins is, I think, going to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's what I've been reading and 
hearing people talk about for the Big Ten. So uh, they have him down low. And then if you didn't see the game tonight, I thought that Terrence Shannon Jr. was a menace defensively. Like I talked about the steal he got at the end of overtime, but there were other plays like earlier on uh, towards the end of regulation, just throughout the game in general that, you know, where he's checking uh, Tomonaga and he's just right in his grill the whole time. And um, he's so athletic that he can be that big body on a guard uh, in the tournament that, you know, might be getting hot. And then they run into Illinois and they, they have Terrence Shannon guarding him. Um, yeah, that's going to be tough, man. So I think that they're going to, they can make a deep run. I think they can make it to a final four and, you know, once you get there, obviously anything can happen at that point. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I listen to Sleepers Media and Greg Waddell is all about them going to Final Four and all that stuff, which um, I don't I don't know. If, if Illinois plays their best game every single time in the tournament, I could definitely see them getting to the Final Four. Uh, but if they do struggle and if they do have some of these mishaps with, with what's been going on or if they do run into a team where they can't switch like they want to and things like that, um, I could see them faltering and maybe going down. But uh, the, the fact is, Illinois is going to be a matchup for problem for many of the teams that they face. A lot of these teams are not going to be able to do well with the size that Illinois brings out there. My one concern is if they run into somebody who is able to play them similar to Zach Eady played to Ty Rogers, where he just literally did not even come close to Ty Rogers when he was on the three point line. I mean, he just stayed down low and was able to protect the paint and Ty Rogers really wasn't able to be much of an issue. Now you do have Luke Goody and Justin Harmon who can come in and help out in those areas, but at some point, I do think it's going to come back to bite Illinois, the fact that they don't have a true point guard on this team. And we know how important guard play is, especially in the NCAA tournament. Kent, am I crazy to think that Illinois could be, you know, in danger of a possible first or second round exit? <clears throat> I mean, I think you are, but, you know, okay. we're still going to be friends after this. Illinois fans won't be friends with me, but that's <laughs> Um, I don't think, I think that their, uh, their floor is the sweet 16 to me that, okay. you know, that's for me. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but, um, you know, you know, March Madness is so crazy. You know, you see like Purdue lost last year to someone, what was it? Farley Dickinson last year. And that yeah. shouldn't have happened, you know, that, and things like that happen every year. So I, I obviously it's possible, but, um, it shouldn't, it, there shouldn't be a, a close game for them, in my opinion, until the Sweet 16. That's just how I see it. Like their seed line is going to be way too high, and um, they're not, they got to get to the second weekend. They just have to this year. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think it's the likely scenario, but if they run into the wrong team, it could possibly happen. Ryan, am I crazy to think that it's a possibility that Illinois' lack of point guard, true point guard on their team could end up them leaving in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament? No, via both you guys said, it's like I, on paper, I don't think that's crazy at all. And also it's the tournament. So like Ken said, like anything could happen, quite thing. They're going to probably end up maybe around a three, but probably on like a four seed line. And that's a big difference where if you're on that four or five, one, you have to play a really, really good mid-major in the first round. So like if they get like a McNeese State who's been cooking in there, they can play physical and slow the game down and give them a lot of issues and, and stifle their offense a little bit. I think it's a bad matchup. Um, just like a first team came to my head. But then also, even if you win that first game, you're likely going to have to play the other four or five that maybe that's Kentucky or maybe that's someone that, no one wants to play because that's where Kentucky is at. And there's a lot of other big schools like Illinois and these teams that don't want to play each other so early, but 
two of them are likely going to have to, unless they get bounced first round. And then you got to play a one seed after that. So the path of where their likely seed is going to be is going to be real, real tough. And I and we do want to check in on Nebraska with this too, because I've heard conflicting stuff. And we talked a little bit about them being on the right side of the bubble. Uh, Ryan, do you see Nebraska as a tournament team with, uh, here in March? Yeah, I have them in right now. I, I was literally just doing this a couple hours ago before their loss, pushing nine seed line, probably around like a 10. I mean, this is like a weird thing, but I'd rather be, a, you'd always rather be a 10 than the eight or nine, because the eight or nine, you got to play a team that's just as good as you. And then you got to play a one seed after that. And you might get, Houston or Purdue that just you just don't want to play you just don't want to play against those teams um but I think Nebraska will be in tournament I think they're a tournament team now obviously they they're nowhere near locked in they have a lot of work to do to keep that spot um but they're on the right side right now a lot of the bubble teams are like the Pac-12 teams like Colorado and Oregon and Wazoo that play like really weak schedules in comparison to the other power conferences so they have a big advantage if they can get some big wins the rest of the way yeah, yeah, that's going to be huge. Kent, we'll uh, finish it with you here. Nebraska tournament team, yes or no? Yes. I tweeted out that they were a tournament team after they beat Wisconsin the other day, but um, I was just pulling up their schedule because we were talking about how bad they need to win a road game. They still have Michigan on the road. That's for sure a win. And uh, Ohio State and Indiana. I don't know if we already talked. I don't think we already discussed that, but I think that they could win all three of those road games um, and then, you know, tack on a couple more home games and they're going to be they're they're going to like I said I don't do bracketology I don't even dabble in it so in my casual mind if you get to 20 wins uh you're in the tournament <laughs> I don't know if that's normal no, or not in the big 10 I think that's fair and in, in their situation I, th- I think that sounds fair yeah so I, I feel like they will get to 20 and then I think that uh they can win one or two in the big 10 tournament and then they're for sure going to be in but like I said, I have no idea like what line they'll be on or anything like that. I just, I would like to see them in. Does that count for anything? I want them to be in. If yeah. the committee's listening, I would like to see the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the NCAA tournament. If you guys can make that happen, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll, we'll, I feel like that helps, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, I mean, really, if you look at their schedule, since I, I brought it up right after you did, their next game is at Northwestern. And then after that, I mean, they don't, they don't really have any more top tier teams in the Big Ten to play. They have Michigan, Penn State, Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Rutgers. Uh, which good again, and bad, like, I feel like. Yeah, like again, this is the Big Ten. It's hard to win, but yeah. like if you ask me, would you rather be finishing your year with two games against Michigan and away games at Ohio State and Indiana, right. or you know, two games against Purdue and away games against Northwestern. <laughs> I'd rather choose this. Um, you said they're at you know, Northwestern next week. Yes. Which day is that? This coming week? That's huge. They're they're in the same spot right now. They both need to win. Oh, winning at getting your away win at Northwestern, but like yeah. they'll basically lock in. There you go. I, I need to get out to Northwestern sometime soon. They're, every single time I watch them at home this season, I'm just thinking to myself, I got to get there. I got to <laughs> get there and see a game. It looks fun, dude. Wait, what's that other team in Chicago we got to go? We'll do a doubleheader. Chicago State? Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. no. There was that, remember that college we found? It was like, I, couldn't, I can't even remember the name of it. It was uh, like what? University College or something. University. Is I it East West? Something. Is that a real? West, I don't I know what. Yes, yes, yes. I know East Chicago. West. I just, I just know it's East West, so it's probably in the middle. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. We <laughs> got to go to an East West game and then a Northwestern game, just like all the direction wow. of the school games. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
I need to go to an Indiana State game. I was talking to my wife about buying tickets mm-hmm. and going to going to that one. I need to see Avila yeah. uh, live before he moves on. So, uh, All right. Before we move on to the next game, we want to remind you about CBB Analytics. CBB Analytics gives me a free pro tier to tell you every single basketball episode about them. Go check them out. They also have free stuff that's very good as well. So even if you don't want to pay for it, go check them out. And if you know, like you really, really like it, like I did, uh, you can look at it and say, we'd like to spend money on this because it is really, really good content. They come from the NBA, some of the analytics over there and then they've brought that now to college basketball like i said it's really good content not just for players but also for teams and overall college basketball really really fun uh enjoy seeing that stuff so go check them out cbb analytics go check them out all right our next one michigan state and maryland uh ryan you got your terps hoodie on so we'll let you start with this one michigan state takes them uh it was at the Braceland center so i don't think this is a bad loss for maryland obviously one you'd want to get um i love jameer young i'll start off by saying that i know some people think i hate him i don't hate jameer young i think jameer young is fantastic i think jameer young is like the best offensive weapon possibly the only offensive weapon that this maryland team has uh ryan what were your thoughts on the game yeah, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that doesn't like Jameer Young. That's that's my glorious king, as I like to call him. He's the best, and like everyone just wants him to get some assistance. Maybe just anything ever. Like I think he, what do you have? Thirty-one. He had like just another another day of him scoring thirty. I think Juju had like ten or twelve, and then no one else scored above double digits. It's just the shooting is bad, the offense is bad. We have no identity, and um, it's it's bad. It's bad. Like we should be a good team, returning a lot of experience in Willard year two, who. Is not a young or inexperienced coach by any means in in the broad scheme of things. Um, it's pretty frustrating. It's exactly how I expected it to go because Michigan State likes to play this kind of game. Also, they have been underwhelming all year, and they still looked underwhelming in this game. Even though they're up, we got a win. We're moving on to the next one. Got the result. That's important, sure, but their shooting was bad. Their offense has been the same thing all year. Um, I was at the Wisconsin-Michigan State game. That's the game I went to last Friday night, um, two Fridays ago, and... They like their offense is so stagnant at times, the majority of the time, with no movement, no motion, no nothing. And they have guys unwilling to shoot half the time. Like it's pretty bad. And it really, really limits their ceiling and, and what they can do in regular, in everything, in, the, in regular season and postseason. Um, two underwhelming teams in the Big Ten, one less underwhelming than the others. I think it's a pretty good determination of it. Yeah, I mean, I really thought Julian Reese was going to come into this one. He only had two points, played only 14 minutes because he got into some foul trouble there early on. So I really thought Julian Reese was going to take Maddie Sissoko and Carson Cooper and Kohler and Booker, whoever, really whoever they threw down there in the front court. I think he just took him to town. Uh, but at the end of the day, only two points, two rebounds, three assists, like I said, 14 minutes. Um, so I think that was the part of it that really surprised me. I mean, not surprised me, obviously, when he gets in foul trouble, they're going to take him out. But I thought he was going to be a key piece to the win here for Maryland if they were going to get the win. Uh, but I just don't think he ever really got the opportunity, those early fouls and uh, had to spend time on the bench. And really, when you have those fouls, you never really get into a rhythm. Kent, I know uh, you're you're like our expert here for Michigan State and Stephen mm-hmm. Izzo and all that stuff. So um, we're just going to give the floor to you and and whatever you have for us, go for it. Well, I was going to start with the foul stuff about Julian. No excuses, Julian. Uh, my daughter played last night and she had two fouls in the first minute of the game and she still scored out. They actually score out in her league if you score 16. You're not allowed to score anymore. So she was able to write the ship and, you know, he should be able to as well. You know, if she can do it, so can Julian. You know what I mean? Um, no, but uh, 
Malik Hall, man. I I like Malik Hall a lot. I thought that like the beginning of the year, they just needed so much more from him. And he's kind of taking it just looks like he's playing a little bit more free, like there's less pressure on him. So uh seeing him do well down the stretch was a big part of this game. Um, you know, Jameer said a few weeks back, stay with us. That's what he said. He tweeted that out, stay with us. And that has stuck with me ever since he said that. And I'm like, I'm going to do this because I love watching him play basketball so much. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to stay with you guys. But I have to say, Jameer, the next three games, you might you might lose me, man. I might not be able to stay with us. Um, it's Rutgers at Ohio State and Iowa. I feel like Maryland has to win all three of these games for me to be staying with him. I, th- I think that they have to win all three. So uh, big part of their schedule coming up, all three winnable games for them. Um, I'm really interested. I like, I like Maryland a lot. I don't have a Maryland hoodie on right now, but I love watching them play. And I, I would just, (laughs) I want to cheer for them, but they, they're so, um, easy to cheer for one game and then really frustrating the next game. Um, and this is just one of those frustrating games. Uh, but for Michigan state, like, I think that, um, despite, you know, the offense being stagnant or whatnot, I think that they are uh, starting to turn. the. It's kind of what we've always expected, JR. We've been talking about this for a while now. Like they started out so bad, but like they always figure it out. And it seems like now they're starting to figure out how to win, at least despite uh, how ugly it might be in in a few of these games. Yeah, no, for sure. They, Jameer has figured it out. I don't know if everybody else yeah. has, but <laughs> Jameer has I'll talk it about out, Michigan State. Sure. Oh, Michigan State. Okay, yeah, yeah no, yeah. Uh, that was that was a question I was gonna have later, but uh, Jeff brought up something I was gonna bring up to Ryan, so we'll just bring it up now. Harris Smith scoreless was big, also. Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan, I don't, I don't have any words for Deshaun Harris Smith anymore. He was gonna be such a big piece to this offense. I felt not like a huge piece, I guess, but he was going to be a piece to this offense that was gonna help them thrive, take some of the mm-hmm. pressure off of Jameer Young, so he didn't feel like he has to do everything. And then in this game, Jameer Young has thirty-one, and he has zero. What's the deal with Deshaun Harris Smith? What's going on? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, his shot was never a strength. Like, even watching him and scouting him out of high school, like I was like excited for him to come because he brings so many physical tools and athletic tools defensively, and even driving under the basket. And he has a lot of offensive upside. Um, always knew that was a downside. It has been a huge downside, like crazy big downside. He ha- he's asked to shoot at times every game because. He has to. We have no one else. Jamie Kaiser has been so hot and cold and can't really play him all the time. So um, it, it's frustrating. It's he's his he looks lost. I think it's a confidence thing at this point where the shooting is relaying to everything else and him not wanting to have the ball in his hands as much and then not driving because guys aren't going to have aggressive closeouts. So he can't attack that and get down downhill and pass his defender, which is what he does so well. If you think he's going to shoot, you have to step up and then put a hand up. Then he's going past you where he can't really do that right now. Um yeah, Jeff's right. I mean, him going scoreless is a problem. Um, him and felt like everyone went scoreless. I, I said Juju before. I meant Dante Scott was the only one that scored double digits, also. Yeah. Um, but which Dante is a solid player. He's he's going to give us a decent amount basically every game for the most part. He's frustrating at times, also. Um, but yeah, it's it's another wrinkle in the story for Maryland. It kind of it Ken said like he's not wearing the sweatshirt, but he likes watching them. I'm wearing the sweatshirt. I don't enjoy watching. Why? It's a weird <laughs> part. So I don't know. I like Maryland. Hey, what what about uh, Noah Bachelor? How come he's not getting any minutes then? Like, I feel like I saw him in a few games ago, and I was like, yeah. okay, finally he's in. Like, I'm excited to see this guy play. If you could put somebody out there for 24 minutes that's not going to score, why not get this guy some minutes? 
you, you might as well. As I, he wants Willard wants to play Jahari Long forty four. What feels like forty minutes a game. I like Jamie Kaiser, so I want him to stay heavily in the rotation, especially at this point where keep the freshmen and keep the young guys in. Make sure we try to give them something to look forward to for next year. Try to get them to stay. Also, um, yeah. I, I have no answer. I'm not Kevin Willard. I wish I had an answer. Uh, he's not. No bachelor is not going to give us consistent consistency that we need. But at the same time, like you're saying, there's no harm in putting him in for five minutes, ten minutes game. You know, I was going to ask about Jahari Long, too, because at the end of the day, like, uh, if you can't put a guy in for 30 minutes and, like, get two points. Like, I get there are some guys that, like, you know, scoring is just not their main thing. But, like, when Jameer Young is out there literally just being Superman, doing everything, it's like, at a certain point, somebody has to <laughs> do something to help out here. Um Ryan, we got another question from a uh, Terps guy. Anytime Juju is out there for an insane amount of time, the game is practically over. Yeah. I don't know we, if I. Uh, it, it's tough with Juju. I like I like Julian on the defensive end a lot, uh, and he does really good things on offense sometimes. But uh, Ryan, what do you think of uh, of Juju out there? It's right. He's Terps guy. First of all, shout out Terps guy. But he's right because. We have like we don't go into the bench with bigs and like, we just don't. So there's nowhere to go where Dante will play the five and small ball a little bit, and then we get we can't defend at all. We can't defend like we need to and switch and like we play against Samadhi Sissoko and they have three seven basically seven footers, six ten guys that they all that they play all the time. So it's like Michigan State does. So that's painful for us. Uh, Juju also offensively, I think he's good. I'm pretty sure he's still like top five in the country in free throw rate and, and uh, fouls drawn. And he is one of the worst free throw shooters I have seen in Maryland basketball in the last decade. Like, it's really, really bad to a point where I don't understand how it's that bad. Um, and it just... If we if he can hit free throws, guys would be more careful defending him. And obviously, we would score more, be more efficient, of course. But people would, be, would defend him so differently, and they don't have to. They can just, like, fit, play so physical with him because he's not going to hit the free throws. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Jeff makes a good point here, too. Reese needs to develop something with his right hand. <laughs> yes, that would be helpful. Uh, <laughs> that. Um, Kent, let's switch over to, to Michigan State a little bit. You were talking about Michigan State and possibly uh, the tournament and those different kinds of things. That Malik Hall has been better lately, was good in this game, 19 points, um, you know, five of nine from uh, shooting and one of two from behind the arc. So he was more efficient in this one as well. He's kind of jumped up there and helped out. A.J. Hogard with eight assists in this one. That was nice. Uh, what were your thoughts overall from just Michigan State? I know our guy Steven Izzo didn't get in, so that's that's depressing. But Yeah. You know. I- I just don't understand that. I mean, we're going to talk about guys that should be getting minutes right now. It's Steven Izzo. I mean, the fact that he hasn't played in what, like seven games now is just, I I can't understand it. I think that, you know, Tom might be just delusional at this point. And maybe he's, maybe he, this has to be his last year, right? Um, if he's not even going to play the best player on his team, just let him sit on the bench. I don't get it. But, uh. Maybe he'll figure it out once the tournament starts. I do have to say, uh, for Hogart, um, excellent drawing that technical right before halftime, by the way. Um, Jordan Geronimo was already one of my favorite players, and then he pushed uh, A.J. Hogart right before halftime, and now he's just shooting up the list even higher because uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Shout out to Jordan for that one. Um, but no, they're, they're loaded. Uh, I mistakenly picked Michigan State. 
to win the Big Ten before the season started. I thought that they had a legitimate chance to. Thought their roster up and down was the best one going into the season, and obviously I was wrong about that. But if if they can start, um, you know, I guess I feel like they have already started putting it together a little bit. It's just not what we expected going into the year, I guess, at this point. But, you know, they still have Tyson Walker. They still have Malik Hall. They still got guys that can put that ball in the rim. Um, that sounds so stupid. They can put the ball in the rim. We're obviously going to be able to do that. We're playing basketball. Jay Nakins, you know, the guys can fill it up. They have guys. That, they remind me kind of of Wisconsin. They're not as good. But they have guys any given night that can be their leading scorer in the same way that Wisconsin uh, does. So that's that's going to bode well for them in March, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm back and forth on Michigan State. I chose them not to make the tournament early in the year, and then I was kind of like, well, maybe they will, and then they struggled again, and I was like, no, they're not. And now I'm kind of back on. I'm like, well, maybe they will. Maybe I'm going to lose my bet with Tricky. I don't know. Ryan, you do the bracketology and stuff like that. Do you think Michigan State has a chance? I mean, obviously they have a chance, but do you think it's likely Michigan State makes the tournament? What do you think? Oh, awesome. Uh Uh-oh, there goes Ryan. (laughs) He didn't want to answer my question. Yeah, he didn't want to talk about Michigan State. Yeah, he was like, oh, we're done talking about Maryland. Get out of here. Um, No, I think Michigan State is so hard to predict because, like I said, they struggled there for a while, and, yes, they struggled against good teams. uh, But then, you know, they, what, one, two, three, four, five, five of their last six, they're they're turning it on at the right time. There's Ryan. Uh, Did you hear my question before you left, Ryan? I did not. I had some technical difficulties. You're good. I was asking, you know, you do the bracketology and stuff like that. Michigan State has looked much better as of late. They kind of were looking uh, not so great there at the start of the year, but five of their last six, do you think they're going to make the tournament? And if so, what seed line do you think they're kind of going to be around? Yeah, I think they're going to be one of those teams, like you always see like one or two power conference teams that has like 13 losses or something like that, 14 losses. And they don't break that 20 win, but their metrics support it. I get it. It makes sense. And everyone's up in arms about why is 19 and 13 Michigan State in the tournament and 26 and four Drake just missed the MVC final. Like it didn't get in and like they're really good also. Like, listen, everybody, it's just, it's not how it works. The selection committee has like a whole thing. I kind of agree in some way in like a theoretical sense, I guess, but um, they're probably going to be in their Ken Palm rating, their net rating are really, really high, even though they shouldn't be their strength of record which I think is probably one of the better metrics to go by is not high at all because they don't win a lot of games and they have struggled this year. Um, they're going to be in, I think I have them around like 11 pushing 10 or right between there right now, again, based on how the selection committee deems their bracket and, right. and their, their seeds line and stuff. Um, but they, I mean, what's to say they don't continue on a decent path and push up to an eight or nine or maybe even a seven like they did last year and they were heating up at the right moment. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, Michigan State's here again, and they're going to take down one of the big boys in the second round. So um, I wouldn't put it past them even through their struggles because they were better at this point last year than they are now this year. Um, but I'll, my, if I had a gun to the head, yes or no, they they will be in the tournament, yeah. If Drake if Drake wins 26 games, Ryan, <laughs> and they don't make the tournament, would you say that's God's plan? Wow, that was pretty good. I, it took me a second, too. I was like, I'm thinking about, I'm not thinking about, thinking about Drake Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Got to leave it in his hands. That's all I wanted to know. (laughs) God just takes over the selection committee and makes it his plan. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Michigan state, they they just play such a tough schedule. And uh, to me, sometimes I think that's overrated because it's like, oh, you played a tough schedule and it's like, okay, well, (laughs) would they still have won 
games, even if it wasn't like a quad one game or something like that. I mean, you know, obviously seven of their eight losses are quad one losses. So it's not like a bunch of their losses are, are bad and you, and you can look at it and say uh, that wasn't good. But at the same time, some of these losses, they didn't look very good. I mean, they lost by 14 at Northwestern. They lost by 15 at Wisconsin. So um, some of these, they're not exactly keeping as close as you would like. And, and there's just times too were at home against Wisconsin. They only scored 57 points, 70 to 57 mm-hmm. in that one. So um, to me, it's perplexing. I feel like at the end of the day, if they are kind of on that bubble line, the committee's going to give it to him, right? I mean, it's Tom Izzo. He's got the streak and everything else. The committee's not going to deny that, right, Kent? Yeah, I, I will say, though, the streak is over. They were in the play-in game and they lost. So they did not make it that year because they did not play into the tournament. So um, the streak was already over, but they have a massive game coming up on Tuesday at Minnesota, and that's a game that, sorry, my phone's ringing, um, I did not think was going to be a massive game going into this year or maybe even just a a few weeks ago, but uh, Minnesota's playing good right now. I know we're about to talk about them and uh, them going on the road to the barn. I'm excited about that little midweek Tuesday night specialty game here, you know, Michigan State at Minnesota. That's, That's something I'm excited about, you know. Is that bad? Should I not be excited about that game? Because I am. No, I, I love watching mm-hmm. Elijah Hawkins play, dish the rock around, and uh, Dawson Garcia is one of the better scorers in the Big Ten. I just don't think he's on a team that gets enough credit for it. So uh, one last thought before we move on to them, because Jeff is putting it out there. Ken Palm has MSU at 17, offense efficiency at 29, yeah. defense at 18. So, yeah, you're exactly right, Ryan. They have the numbers to back it up, and the selection committee likes the numbers as much as we think they do. Yeah, He's right. They'll, They'll get, get in. in. They have a thing called the eye test. They, if you look at the the legal parameters, how they select teams, the last thing says like it basically says the eye test. It explains if they deem if they use it for like injuries and stuff too. Like I think Mawat Mag towards was a reason why they didn't put Rutgers in last year. And like oh the eye test, like Tom Izzo was on the sideline. I like use my eyes to see that. So that the eye test, they're good. They they legitimately have that in there so that they can do whatever they want and that and they have whatever reason they want because there's nothing quantitative at all to to that. They're just like, yeah, no, we're, we're good, we're good, we're good. So you're saying Florida State's not going to get in then? Be, only because of the eye test. They have something against that. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brutal for the Seminoles, man. It's a rough <laughs> year say, for Rut- them. Rutgers and Florida State need to like start a group together or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> New conference. <laughs> There we go. All right. Well, speaking of Minnesota, let's move on to uh, Minnesota beats Northwestern in this one, 75 to 66, coming off of Northwestern's overtime game against Purdue, where they, they looked fantastic in, in this one. But uh, Minnesota gets it on, uh, sorry, not on the road, at home over Boo Booey and the Wildcats. Boo Booey was still really good in this one, just didn't have enough help. And like I said, Minnesota, I think they're just a really, really well built team. I think Ben Johnson's done a very good job of putting this roster together and they complement each other very well they lost Jamison battle but it doesn't feel like they've really lost much I'm not trying to be disrespectful there I'm just saying like Ben Johnson's covered it really well and put a nice team together Kent what were your thoughts on this game loved it loved it uh little shameless plug here I had Parker Fox from Minnesota on my podcast earlier this week and he's the second athlete I've had on my show this year and both of them after coming on my show got a big win right after coming on my show. So, you know, Coleman Hawkins, the invite is still there. So just come on right before a big win. Um, He still has not replied to my DM yet, um, (laughs) but we're waiting. Fingers are crossed. I think I'm going to get him 
No, but uh, great win for Minnesota. I was really shocked. Um, I woke up that morning. I looked at the line, and Minnesota was favored. And I thought that was weird just to begin with because Northwestern has been playing so good. And uh, Vegas tends to get these things right, and they were right about this one. Pharrell Payne was unbelievable in this game. He had the 14 points, but really it was the other stuff that he did. He got rebounds in crucial moments. He's just been playing out of his mind lately. He's such an important piece for uh, especially the interior of uh, Minnesota's offense and defense. You know, he's been playing really good. You already mentioned Elijah Hawkins, massive three right before halftime that I still don't know to this moment if it tied the game or just pulled them within one because they went and reviewed another three and then I couldn't tell what was happening. CBS says it was tied at halftime and it wasn't according to the broadcast when I was watching it. But then um, I can't remember who I was about to pull it up. Minnesota was playing somebody a few weeks back and the foul up three thing came up and they ended up almost winning a game because somebody fouled them and then they missed it and almost made a shot at the end. Well, they almost blew this game because they fouled way too early. Um, at the end of regulation, they had uh, 18 seconds left and fouled Northwestern. Just gave them way too much time to make both free throws and still make it a close game. And then Boo Booey had a chance to win it at the end. And same thing I was just talking about with, uh, I can't remember who I was just talking about, Juwan Gary tonight. Um, Boo Booey almost made an and one at the end of regulation and just didn't go down. And then I think Northwestern ran out of gas in overtime. Ob- honestly, they've played how many overtimes this year? They lost back-to-back overtime games uh, just this week. So uh, just just a little bit too much on the road. And like I said, super excited for Minnesota, man. This story has been crazy. I don't know anybody that picked Minnesota. I know I'm going long on Minnesota, but I'm getting really excited about them. I don't think anyone picked them to finish above like 10 in the Big mm-hmm. 10, you know, and they're right in the middle of things right now. They are. Um, I know we talked a lot about making the tournament, but uh, like they could really make a run here. They're not, I don't think they're in right now, but they're right at 14 wins. They have every opportunity. Got some big games coming up at home. I mean, I'm excited about them. It would be awesome for them to make a nice run at the Big Ten tournament. It's in Minnesota. It's right like five minutes away from where they play. Um, I'm just getting really excited about Minnesota. It's been fun to watch them and I, it's fun to see a team that wasn't expected to do this well do this well this year. It reminds me of Northwestern in football this year. So um, that was my thoughts about the game and pretty much Minnesota this season. I know that was a lot, man, but I, some of these teams, like I get behind and I'm just, I just get super excited about them. And Minnesota's one of them this year. Now, Jeff, Jeff's a Minnesota uh, appreciator as well with you. So Payne is a grown man, oh, yeah. and he's going to be a player in this conference. I couldn't yes, agree more, man. Uh, between Elijah Hawkins, Pharrell Payne, Dawson Garcia, Cam Christie even, mm. uh, Mike Mitchell. He hit a massive like, three in this game. Yeah. Christie did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, they only got three bench points, uh, two of those from Parker Fox. So uh, My boy, so, my boy, Parker. Uh, but uh, – but yeah, he only had five minutes and two points. So there's that like point to minute ratio that we were talking. That's about. That's the only thing I didn't like about that game. Like I was like, "Where's Where's Parker at, man? He needs more minutes." My guy Parker. This is ridiculous. Um. So uh, yeah, Ryan Northwestern has been in overtime three of their last four games. I mean, it, it's a lot for the Wildcats. What were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, that's just, that's just Northwest. It feels like it's just Northwestern basketball. The last like three years, it feels like that. I don't know how many games have gone to overtime. It feels like every game is overtime. Just the way they play, 
and the way that their games are always coming down to the wire. Like the, every Purdue game they play, obviously when they win half them half the time. Um, but that's also just like Big Ten basketball. Minnesota, I agree. Minnesota is so much fun. Nebraska is like the fun team in the conference, but Minnesota is like what the fun team should actually be because Nebraska is good. Like they've proven they're legit good. They'll be in their tournament team most likely for sure. Minnesota's on the outside looking in. They're trying to be that real sleeper. Like Nebraska in coming into the year, people were kind of like ready for something. They knew Casey Tomonaga. They knew they had a couple of transfers. Um, but Minnesota was like, we have no clue what's going on. Like we know for Payne. I know I remember talking to him a lot in the summer about he, he could have a big breakout because the role is there. And um, But Minnesota is like the actual fun team. Not to say Nebraska is not fun, but Minnesota is like the true fun sleeper. 100%. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people didn't know like Minnesota players coming into the year, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the fun part of it is like you're getting to know some of these players and seeing them excel and be better. So um, I- I'm curious, Ryan, you said you got Minnesota looking from the outside in. They're 0-3 in quad one games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the likelihood that Minnesota could make it into the tournament? Uh, and what, what kind of key – I don't know if you know this, but are there any key games coming up that they really, really need to win in order to get in the tournament? Yeah, like it's it is, it's less than 50% because they're on the outside right now and obviously every game is going to be tough. But the biggest thing is because every game in the Big Ten is not a bad loss per se, like obviously you don't want to lose to Minnesota and Penn State and Indiana and whatever when they're not tournament teams. But the more important things are having quad one wins, which are also wins against other tourney teams. Like wins against the field is a very... Uh, off the paper, I'll call it argument that they'll use the selection committee will use when one when they're arguing or debating for one team over another. Um, so I look at they play obviously Purdue is a big one, but Illinois when they play Northwestern again is obviously massive. They can sweep them. The Michigan State game coming up is big, um, but then they don't really play any other major tournament teams. So like the games against Iowa, who is not a tournament team also, but like could be on the cusp. Like they have to win those games too, those cusp games, and then win one like Michigan State game. And we could be talking about something. You got to remember too, Big Ten tournament. Me and I think I think I'm leading the charge on this now. Me and Goldie will be walking into the Target Center together, hand in hand, leading the charge for the Minnesota fans. And they're going to make a run in this tournament. They're going to make a run in the Big Ten tournament, right. and it's going to be because of me. I did want to bring this up to um, Hoop Informatics. It's an account I just found today. I'll be honest, I don't know how much credibility so this you has. you don't know how valid they are? Yeah, yeah. So I'll give them a, a giant shout-out right now since I don't know if they're valid or not. But it looked legit. They put out a graph that had every Big Ten team's like percentage chance to make the NCAA tournament. And I think Minnesota was the most shocking one on this chart because they have them at a 2.6% chance of making the tournament, which I think is just a touch, just, just a touch too low. For me and my gophers, I think that's too low, right? Is that that's got to be way too low, Ryan? Yeah, right? it's, when you have so many power, like big, like big time games, they're not like Iowa and Rutgers aren't like big time games. They're not all quad one, but when you have so many games that are good enough opponents to move the needle for you against the teams that the other bubble teams, I think that's too low. I think maybe it's based on the chance, like hey, like they got what like a dozen games, we'll call it left, like, and every game they could lose realistically so like they're gonna have to do like almost near perfect to get in because they have so much work to do still but i think something two is kind of low i'd put it at like 
without any mathematic math into it, like I don't know, maybe like ten to twenty. We got those. Yeah. Are, we got to pump those numbers up, Minnesota. Yeah. Come on, Minnesota. Those are rookie numbers. We got to get those numbers up. <laughs> it is interesting though because he did he did reply uh, to his own tweet, and they are the seventh. Like they're ranked seventh on how many wins they're going to get at eighteen wins. So yeah, I guess we are for sure a six bid league at this point. If that's the case, if they're seventh and they're not getting in, then the other six have to, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm putting too much thought into this random well, accounts tweet that I just found today. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that we just hit an hour on here and uh, we still have one more game to talk about. Oh, so I'm sorry. 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 No, it's OK. Uh, we do have one comment, though, from uh, from a friend Russ here. Did I miss the part? Boiler Boiler Russ here. Did I miss the part where everyone complains about the officials in Purdue? No, Russ. We uh, we're trying to not do that because I'm sick and tired of locking onto Twitter during Purdue games and just seeing everybody complain about. <laughs> everything and people take pictures of one like singular moment and they're like oh this is proof this happened it's like (laughs) guys that's not how bass like you can't just take a picture and say oh this is exactly the entire story what happened so i would like to uh, defend myself really quickly because i was guilty of that but it was it was against northwestern i took a video of the play it wasn't barnheiser it was the guy that came in for him where their arms got like twisted up and the only reason I posted it is because I've never seen a play where like they were like locked arm. And I was legitimately asking people what should the foul be here? I didn't know if it should be offensive or defensive. And then I got criticized because they everyone thought that I was saying that there wasn't a foul on Northwestern, which wasn't the case. I was just curious about the call because it was a weird play. But, you know, no, whatever, we, Purdue. We I don't like you guys anyways. I'm just kidding. I think every, like we talked about this. Every fan base hates me, so it's like, yeah, whatever. Except Minnesota. Except Minnesota. They can't hate me right now. Exactly. They did hate me during football season, though, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I was going to say, Kent, you always have your uh, your excuse there. Casual Big Ten. You're like, That's <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Casual. I was like, I don't know what happened here. I've never seen a basketball play. Tell Someone tell me. <laughs> Russ is joking with you. He said you threw gasoline in an already existing fire, and you knew it. Did it for the clicks. Matter for sure. After I, I did. I posted it before anybody else, and then it like everybody else. Like I think Eli and I, uh, enthusiasts, his video, which I was actually kind of bitter about for the clicks. Like his video was the one that like Doug Gottlieb got a hold of and everything, and I was like, dude, I was on this too, but he actually did have it like I think one minute before me, but I did not see his before i posted it but i did 100 percent did it for the clicks yes yeah that's correct understood. understood all right well let's let's talk about a game i don't know how many clicks this game is going to get because iu is just trending downward after uh losing by two touchdowns to penn state at home but um yeah the the hoosiers did not have xavier johnson in this one i did not think xavier johnson was the biggest loss in the world i thought that as long as they still had their front court they would be able to make things happen penn state did not have um kanye cleary in this one so i actually thought that was a bigger blow to penn state so at home iu i thought they were going to get it done but uh obviously i was wrong penn state went on a run late in the game and really just kind of put indiana away and never let them come back ryan what were your thoughts on this game uh yeah i mean yeah i actually caught like 10 minutes of it and then i watched the extended highlights after uh because i just 
like there's so many other games on and I, I, I'm just not going to watch that game. Hard Indiana is kind of like Maryland, except the Indiana fans are the exact opposite of Maryland fans. I'm not, I don't know how deep, how much more depth I need to go in for that, but Indiana fans <laughs> think that Indiana is good this year somehow still. And they're clearly not Xavier Johnson. Like, like you said, like he's a loss for sure. And like, you need that vet point guard for on their team, but it, they lost by two touchdowns. Like it, it didn't matter. Um, they're such, they have no identity. They're very, very, very underwhelming and they are so painful to watch. They play slow. They can't shoot because they know they can't shoot. So they're not going to shoot. Um, it's just, those are painful games to watch. So, and I don't, I don't think Penn state's awful. They're just kind of in a transition period in the program after losing literally everybody. And they do have some fun players and ace Baldwin had a really, really strong game. I love his game. So, um, good to see the spark for Penn state, but both teams can, uh, hopefully look forward to the NIT if they can get there. Yeah, no, with IU, it's, you know, I look at Malik Renew and I look at Kalaware and I'm like, you both are so good, <laughs> but you're, you have literally no guard play on your team. Don't get me wrong. I like Trey Galloway. I think he can do some nice things from time to time, but like he just, he is not the guard you need on this team to facilitate and get the ball down low. Um, and I'm sorry, but Gabe cups, 33 minutes, two points, two rebounds, no assists. Like, it's just, it's YMCA game. Like, all he does Dude, is Dude, if he around. sees you in public, he's going to fight you. I know he's he is. He's going to fight fine. you if he sees you in public. <laughs> yeah, and I made IU fans mad when I said Gay Cuffs was supposed to be what Braden Smith was last year. Um, Obviously, that hit a little too close to home, and I get it. But, like, you can't tell me I'm wrong. Like, Gabe Cups is coming into this year just giving this IU team pretty much nothing. And other than Anthony Leal, I don't know who, like... IU has to be able to come in. And I don't even think Anthony Lee would be a great choice, but he's the hometown kid that might get the fans excited. So, uh, Kent, what were your thoughts with this one? Yeah, I didn't watch this game. I didn't watch it at all, Ryan. I'm impressed you watched 10 minutes. Um, it was in between commercials and whatnot, I swear. Oh, gotcha. I swear. Second screen, something like that. Yeah, yeah I was. I, I just couldn't bring myself. It I was. doesn't matter why I didn't watch it. Uh, Indiana's dead, though. Yeah, like, they're completely done now, and... Um, for most of the Big Ten, that's a good thing because they'll quiet down on all the apps that people talk about basketball on. But uh, I was I because I didn't watch it, I was confused about how this happened because Ware had twenty five and Renew had sixteen. And usually, if you're Indiana and that happens, like you're probably like, "Hey, we're gonna get a win here." But there was a ten zero run in the second half. Um, again, just box score watching this, but um, yeah, Indiana did what Indiana does. They shot twenty six percent from. 20 or from three point land. And that's what they do this season. That was just below their season average. And that's what you expect for them. But on the positive side though, Penn state, they have beaten now Ohio state, Michigan, Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Indiana. And like Ryan was saying, when I went into the season, not knowing a single player on their roster, except for puff Johnson, because his name is hilarious. I did not know if they were going to win any games in this conference. So for them to have uh, five wins is impressive. And I think it says a lot about what this team is heading for. You know, Ryan hit this uh, on the head. You know, he said it's a transition year, but it it gets me excited about what uh, Coach Rhodes could do for them in the future. I think that the future is bright at Penn State. Yeah, Penn State has a bright future for sure. Uh, And I think Baldwin's gone after this year. Uh, Yeah. But I wish I I wish he had one more year because I'd love to see. What about Clary? I don't know about Clary. Do you know Ryan? I like sure. him a lot too. I actually don't know if Tom has a question. Oh, yeah, he is. He's a sophomore, so okay. he'll, he'll be back. 
Yeah, so that's good for them. Um, one more note on this game. I know we have a lot of comments from from a few people, but it's crazy. This is the game we're getting the most comments on. <laughs> you guys are sickos. Um, I think Ware and Baco are <laughs> gone after this year. I think so too. I think Ware's probably going to the draft, and then uh, I don't. I don't know if Mbako's going to the draft, but I don't think he's coming back to IU. He's not, yeah. Kellogg will get drafted. And McKenzie, I don't know what's going to happen. I, yeah, plead the fifth. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, if I were him, I wouldn't come back. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no reason to, no reason. No, there's no reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, one more question because we do have the Ohio podcast here for you, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Indiana's painful to watch. They, <laughs> if they're painful okay. to watch. How would you describe the Buckeyes, right? <laughs> I actually don't know if it's worse to watch if you scratch out the records and the quality of the Actually, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Um, I'd rather watch an Ohio State game, I think, in a vacuum. But this is a big, like, this is Big Ten. It's the same thing I said with Maryland, Ohio State, Indiana, like Rutgers, majority of these teams are can be painful to watch because then when you flip the channel and you got UNC Duke on and you have, like, a Pac-12 game that's 90 to 85, like, Okay, that sounds a lot better. So uh, that's just the Big Ten in general, and like the midway, the mid Big Ten teams, mid and low mid, are it's tough sometimes. So and um, they just play that Big Ten brand of basketball that we all like so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russ has one more comment here, and then we'll and then we'll get out of here. Woodson is the guy that doesn't need to come back for Indiana. So my my uh, in laws are actually IU fans and uh, very big IU fans, and I asked them. And sometimes I hesitate to ask these questions because sometimes they get really defensive. But I asked them, I said, do you guys want Woodson gone after this year? And uh, my brother-in-law just kind of put his head down and he was like, we cannot fire another coach. Like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> he was like, Tom Crean, uh, you know, Archie Miller. He was like, I do not want to go through this again. Like, just Woodson, figure it out because <laughs> – I can't, I can't do this again. Uh, you know I mean, who they should hire is because um, I, I know he's not coaching right now, but I've seen him and he's got a great basketball mind. Is and he loves Indiana. Is uh, Dan Dockich? That's who they should hire as the coach for Indiana. That'd be a great hire. Love that. <laughs> they should do that because he's got some. I've heard he's coached before. He has. I've heard some horror stories too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Blunt> about it. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard good things about his coaching before. <laughs> yeah. Not only uh, they're going to yeah. fire, they, uh, they probably should. Dusty May, getting Dusty May to leave Boca Raton, Florida, to go to Bloomington is going to be next to impossible. <laughs> they need to get Josh. Yeah, uh, Josh Schertz is the Indiana State coach. Literally perfect. Yeah. And when they win a tournament game this year, everyone's going to want him anyway. So, yeah. That's what I was going to say is like Dusty May has connections back to Indiana, but like, I don't know. Like, is the paycheck really that nice at IU to be, you know, not not great? I mean, they get good recruits and they still aren't great, but yeah. I don't know. Um, hey, what Ryan, about, because uh, I've, I've talked about this guy with a couple of my friends. Is Will Wade going to stay at McNeese State? I don't know. I've uh, I heard one weird rumbling about it. Like, not even, it's like a rumble of a rumble of a rumble of a rumor. Like, um, but I think if they if they get the tournament, which they probably will, and they win a couple of games. He might be, he might bounce after because they have a lot of uh, older guys also. And like, I don't, I don't know much about McNeese State and the school and the location. And I can, I can gauge the resource level and the funding and stuff like that. Though, um, I'd imagine that if any kind of decent major school has an offer, that he would be enticed. So Wasn't there you go. Who's yours? There's your guess. yes. They got off of. He was there at the tournament basically, and then like had to go home. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the Ohio podcast says the Indiana State guy is legit. I want the Buckeyes to snag him. He won everywhere he's gone. Uh, yeah, That's no, true. him, him, either of the Miller brothers, Wes or Sean, I'd be happy with. Or um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Eric Musselman. Uh, oh, the Indiana fans are crazy. Oh, my God. Ohio State, though. I see you saying that. You know, who, yeah, okay. Um, In all seriousness, I know I was joking about. I was joking about uh, Dan Dockich, but Ohio State, uh, you guys should look into, because I, th- I think he's going to be available after this year. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Juwan Howard. Mm, yes. Maybe look into him. Yeah. I don't know. He might be back. He's uh, he's coming in late this year, so might have a good winning season at the end of the year. All right. Well, we've already gone longer than I said we would, so better get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you. Uh, Ryan, why don't you tell people where they can find you out on social media and stuff? Uh, Ryan Hammer 9, or maybe it's Ryan Hammer 09 on like Twitter, but I'm, I think if people search my name, they'll find it pretty easily. So Yeah, and it's a little waving guy I got down there yeah. for him. So yeah, I didn't know who go. Ryan's team was, and then he showed up with a Terps hoodie, and I was like, oh, I should have. I guess I should have put the Terps down there, but that's okay. We don't uh, want that. We don't want that. Yeah, we don't need that. Uh, and then Kent, <laughs> Casual Big Ten, Twitter, any other places you want people to find you? At? Uh, Tony Perkins Superfan dot com is uh, my new website that I just launched. So, guys, come get up. Uh, your podcast. Sorry, your podcast. I, I didn't. I didn't mention Tony Perkins' name this episode, so I had to squeeze it in right here at the end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kent, that wasn't very casual. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. We appreciate you. Thank you, Ryan, so much for coming on. Appreciate you. Have a good for night, sure. everybody. See ya.